and welcome. It's Kate from Zen Stitching joining you again for another chat with our artists as part of the Making Zen online retreat series. So today we have the pleasure of speaking with Kyla Gibhand and I'm going to send her a quick message uh, to see if she can join us. So no, no doubt she'll be joining us very soon. Thank you everybody for joining us this evening. I hope you've either signed up for the free Making Zen um, Pass and even gone ahead and jumped right in and, and purchased the VIP ticket. And here she is. How are you? Hi, Kate. How are you? I'm really well. It's so nice to see you again. Same here. I'm going to just bump my volume up a little bit here. Okay, there we go. Good to see you. <laughs> Thank you for this invitation. I'm so excited to about uh, the and about talking with you today. Yes, totally. Me too. Well, I, I think you were part of the inaugural Making Zen online retreat, which feels like a very long time ago. So it's really lovely to be connecting with you again. Yeah, same here. It does feel like a long time ago. I um I, I think I even referenced that in my in my lesson um, that I was a part of that uh, original one and man have i grown and learned so much since then just from attending others and of course watching you and your work <laughs> so thank you for having me back oh it's a it's a delight and i'm i'm very fortunate to have you join joining us and as is everybody who's going to participate in the making zen online retreat because what you have put together is so delightful it really does this it really does touch uh, upon a lot of things that a lot of people really like doing and I really like how you've combined a few different techniques oh my goodness it's amazing actually just thinking through everything that you've shared you share because it is so generous and um, my mind's racing in all kinds of directions I don't know where to, where to go first um, but I think first and foremost I really liked how you said as part of the workshop that you're um, providing how you spend some time reflecting mm. and I I just thought that was really delightful and I was wondering if you wanted to expand upon why you do that and maybe how you got to the place where you feel that that's important yeah so I think it comes from being a journaler actually like I've mm -hmm. always kept either a diary or some sort of journal. I know at one point, um, many of us in the world were indoctrinated into doing morning pages, right? All the things. So I imagine that that it comes from that. It comes from um, being, being someone who just feels like reflection is important. So I journal, but then I think it's really important for us, even with art journals, visual journaling, any of our creative practice, I feel like it's really important that we um, remember to go back mm -hmm. and see how far we've come mm -hmm. like being able to see our growth is really really important and I don't know how we can really do that if we're not being retrospective like if we're not going you know looking back so it was a really big thing I had to go back and see exactly what I had done um, for this um, for for the first retreat and I thought oh wow I've come such a long way. So yeah, just it just looking back was really, really powerful. So yeah, yeah. And I just love it because I too am an avid journaler. I love writing things down and working in my sketchbooks and all that kind of stuff. But my big thing that I've only just realized is the power of 
reflection, looking back and either consolidating what's happening or, um, you know, even just revising what's been done. I, I think sometimes I'm always so future oriented that I forget to, it's important to, to look back and see what you've done, see what you've, where you come from, what you've learned along the way. Yeah. And one of the things that I really like to encourage um, everyone who's participating is keep your first projects. <laughs> <laughs> that is, yes, because that even if we feel like they're failures, they're actually really a big part of our journey, right? Mm -hmm. They show us how far we've come. In fact, I was pulling out, let me just grab them. Hold on. I pulled out some things because I was like, I don't know what Kate is going to ask me about. I don't know. Um, but this was the very first little needle book I ever made. I didn't have a pattern. I didn't follow anybody's instructions. I just said in my mind, well, what if I folded this and I had some felt and I did, right? And I just was experimenting. And it is the most wonkiest. It is nothing about it is straight. The stitches are crazy pants. I don't, I hadn't even taken a, a class on slow stitching, intuitive stitching, none of that yet. But I was like, I'm just going to put, I'm just going to see. And yeah. it is, I love it. I cherish it. But I, I hardly ever want to show it to people because I'm like, it's so, it's so wonky. But it's like, I feel I'm also really proud of it. You know, yeah. it does. It's not perfect. It's not this like beautiful or amazing thing. But I was I went back and I was like, oh, I guess technically this would be one of my first little fabric books that I ever made before I knew that making fabric books were a thing. Mm. You know, I just needed something to hold my needles. So it was really more about function, mm. which is how my lesson even I mean, it's, it's funny to see how the lesson evolved from just my regular practice of like creating things that I needed to serve a, a purpose. Mm. And then from there, I now have like, you know, I feel like I've gotten a little bit better with my stitching over the years. <laughs> and so, um, but I also realized that I really love wonky intuitive stitching, you know, yeah. Um, yes. thank you to Emma Freeman for that. I have to give her a big nod and shout, shout out um, <laughs> because it, it was just so freeing to know, oh, I can work in a pattern. I can work in a grid. I can do my own thing. All of those things are still yeah. me and are still yes. a part of my, you know, creative path. So yes to keeping the first projects that you work on. I think, I think that's really, it means it's a learning. Yeah. It's a part of our learning. Yeah. Well, it's it's so nice to see how far you've grown, but please hold your stitching sample up again, the, your needle book, because it is absolutely delightful. <laughs> oh my goodness. I would be so proud to share that with everybody. Thank you. I love it. I love the colors. I love the stitching. I love the way you finished the, the edges with a, the wrap stitch there. Oh, is that what it's called? Yeah. At the time, I was just like, these edges are kind of, oh, Kate, if you could see it up close, you, you I don't know. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you. I, like I said, I cherish it, but I do, like, I think there's something really um, magical when I look back at it. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, it almost feels like an heirloom, even though it, it's not from like 50 years ago, but it feels like something someone passed down yeah. to me. I kind of receive it as, you know, I kind of think of it as that. Um, but yeah, I'm really pretty proud of it. I had never done anything. This was like the first time I had really done anything with felt either. Uh, right? Felt uh, is really something I, I tend to work with. So yes. So, yeah. yeah. And it's so nice to stitch too, isn't it? Felt. It's just so sumptuous. Exactly. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I absolutely love that. And I love hearing that you've kind of had to go through this progression of embracing your woman.
monkey stitching and then giving yourself permission that it's okay and then mm -hmm. hearing from Emma that it, it is okay and, and that's so delightful about it. And it really makes me think, um, as part on part of my creative journey, I decided I really wanted to learn how to make ceramics mm. and not just make ceramics like rolling out clay, but throwing ceramics. And, you know, they make it look so easy in the movies. Yeah, I'm they like, do. It'll be, be so easy. <laughs> and I had so much trouble centering the clay. And then I had so much trouble pulling up, you know, I just wanted cylinders. So nothing special or anything like that, but to get it right and to get it, you know, all looking very, very industrially made, yeah. mechanically made. I, I was getting so frustrated. And my teacher who um, he'd studied in Japan and he'd studied with a, a Japanese ceramicist master. So he was very aware of wabi-sabi and embracing uh, imperfections. Yeah. And it was, he was so fabulous. He was the teacher I needed because he said, embrace those wobbles because once you become proficient at them, it's really hard to do wobbles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, God bless you. <laughs> I love that. Like once, once you um, get really good at something, it's hard to make it look like you, like if you want it to look like it wasn't really yeah. perfect, it will, it will be difficult to do. I can see that. Yeah. 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 Um, it would, I would be fascinated now that you have uh, all this stitching experience under your belt if you how you would feel approaching that same project again if you would approach it the same way and whether the result would be the same or, or whether you would feel the need to neaten it and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff yeah It'd be quite well, interesting. it's interesting i tried to dig around and find because i actually did make a second one oh, of uh, uh, probably a year later i made a second one after i felt like i knew a little bit more not just about stitching but also about fabric mm -hmm. um because this one was made with just little bits of scrap that I had around. And I wanted to do one that had some indigo, indigo dye fabric and had a sart and had a little wrap to close it. And so I, I, I guess in my mind, I was trying to elevate the, the book, um, or the little needle book. And so I wish I could find that second one. I, I, I'll try to post a picture for people on my Instagram feed of it. Yeah. But it um, I actually took a little class from Jody Alexander and teaching uh, some, she was teaching some stitches and a, a bunch of different things. And I got these beautiful linen pieces. Mm. And I, that's when I fell in love with linen, by the way. Mm. Um, mm. And now I am obsessed with linen and I love stitching on it. It is like this fabulous thing. So the progression of that, like I learned so much. I learned what stitches I like. Mm. I learned about different needles because I'm a bookbinder. I just was, I was using, I use a bookbinding needle to bind. <laughs> wow. <laughs> right. I didn't, there was nothing dawned on me that I should be. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure most of this is bookbinding wax linen thread. In fact, oh, right? wow. Like what I had mm. on hand to do this because I didn't know better. Um, and so now that I have a, better understanding of some of the tools, the materials. Um, I, I feel like I've mastered a few stitches, not many, mm -hmm. but a few mm -hmm. that I have under my belt that I can kind of do easily without having to reference anything. Um, I think, I think what I started to realize also is just like, as a bookbinder, I've always been stitching paper. Like that's always yeah. been 
a thing that I've done. So mm-hmm. in my ways, I am stitching, right? Mm. But it's actually very different. It doesn't translate one for one, you know? And I found that to be quite interesting that, you know, um, even when I learned Sashiko for the first time, I just learning that you hold the needle differently, right? I hold the yeah. needle almost like a pencil in a lot of ways when I am stitching books mm. versus how I hold it when I'm doing intuitive stitching, slow stitching, sashiko, right? So it's just little things like that, like just learning the nuances yeah. of it. Um, so I feel like the next needle book that I make, because I hope to make another and another and another, um, will be even, I'll, I'll try even um, something different with that, different fabric, different closures, different, right? Mm-hmm. I like to, um, I think experimenting is important in our, in our practice. I think it's how we figure out what we like and what we don't like. For sure. Um, experimenting is how I know I'm not a scrapbooker. I tried that. It did not work for me. It, it was, <laughs> I, it, it did not bring me joy. Let's say that. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's, it's, it's so true though, isn't it? And it, it's great that you keep yourself open to these things so that you can be like, yeah, I'm really interested in that. And you try it and you're like, no, that's not for me. Or you might be like, yes, that is for me. Yes. Or it might be somewhere in between where you're like, that technique's not really for me, but I really like some of the materials that I'm using, or you at least understand them a bit better. Yes, so, exactly. Yeah. In fact, I want to speak on that for a minute because I saw um, Gigi in the uh, chat, um, and she's a knitter, and she... Um, so I do this retreat, my husband and I do this retreat um, every year called uh, Sacred Makers Soul Retreat. And we have, it's fiber arts, it's mixed media. It's like bringing those two worlds that I love together. Mm-hmm. And um, it was so beautiful to sit around at the very first one. Um, Gigi was our artist in residence and our maker in res. And she led like a little knitting circle. And I'm not a knitter. I've never knitted anything up to that point. Um, I did learn a few. I learned, you know, a couple of stitches the last at the last retreat. But before that, I had never touched a knitting needles ever. Wow. Okay. Oh. Um, but to be in the energy of that, to have all these people sitting together knitting, some were crocheting, some were some were doing just hand stitching. Um, it was just such a lovely thing to watch and to feel how the energy in the room. Right, it's like everyone's, um, I'm just going to say everyone's nervous system was not like, ah, right? It was like we all just kind of came into a space, even people who were sketching, they didn't have a needle or any kind of thread. They were just sketching in their notebooks as we were all sitting around the fire talking and it was absolutely magical. Mm-hmm. And I think in that moment, I went, I love yarn. I love doing things with yarn. I may, I may never be a knitter. I don't know. I'm not giving up on myself on that. But, but, but I, what I know, just picking up on what you said, is that I watched how they were using yarn. I, I watched what yarn could do. And then I started going, okay, what can I do with yarn? Even though I am not a knitter or a crocheter yet, but I love yarn. I love mm-hmm. the feel of it. I love the, right? And so I think it's important for us to stay open, like you said, to um, what portion of a particular um, craft or creative, you know, endeavor mm-hmm. can offer us because I know there are a lot of people I have come to my book binding classes and they're like, 
I don't like all of the measuring. I don't want to measure things. <laughs> I don't like having to have straight lines. Ah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> or people go, I really hate glue. I don't want to glue things, you know? Mm. So it's, it. but they want to make their own book. Mm. So I go, okay, you don't want to glue. Let me think about a different kind of book. Well, you can stitch a book, right? Or they go, I don't want to measure things. And I go, okay, let's think about the kind of book you can make that doesn't require a lot of measuring, right? I think there's always a way for us to pull from different things, you know? So I don't know. There's something really magical, I think, about what you've done here, uh, Kate, with the Making Zen Retreat. What I love about it most is that you've done that, where you've brought together people from different um I'm just going to say different different creative industries we'll just name it that uh who are doing different things but i think we all are speaking a language of creativity which yeah that to me is where the power in like a, a retreat that has multiple teachers from different sort of walks of life that are doing different things is that we're all going to learn something from each other like i'm so excited for the, the things that you have um coming up i don't know if i'm supposed to say yet what they are but um, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. Oh, you can if you want. If you want to share any of that, you kind of like drop some little teasers for everybody to go. Ooh, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> the embroidery, the sashiko, um, dyeing. Oh my mm. gosh, dyeing with mm. um, uh, like botanicals. So excited about that. Um, anytime I see the word weaving, because I'm pretty sure about ten years from now, I'm gonna be a weaver. I, I just feel it in my spirit that that is going to happen at some point. Um, and then, yeah, just, you know, I'm looking forward to, um, there are several of the teachers um, are also teachers who've taught at Sacred Makers, and I'm really excited about seeing them all together in a space, Amy Markle um, and Bianca and Emma. And so I'm really, yeah, it just feels like, I don't know, it feels like we get to have a little, creative party together and i'm really excited i hope people will um join even if it if they can't you know um watch it all at once i hope they will join and just feel into that energy um i'm really excited to is it okay for me to share what i'm working on oh of course absolutely i was hoping you would <laughs> so i have to tell y'all a quick little story about how this came to be um when kate invited me i had already decided before she invited me that this year is the 10th year anniversary of my book in a day series that I did on YouTube in 2013 okay first of all I had to sit with that because it was a little bit of a mind thing for me to go oh my god it's been 10 years mm -hmm. um, I'm super proud of how far I've come in 10 years and la 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 but I went back and I started looking at some of those old videos and aside from cringing a little bit um, I, at how you know 10 years ago videos were different lighting was different all the things right um, I was different but what I realized is I like I said oh well what am I into now I said I'm, I'm forever gonna be a bookbinder that is my tried and true it is my go-to everything is a book I see paper laying around I want to turn it into a book <laughs> I will always do that. That is my, my soul essence creative thing, right? Mm. But this year I thought, well, what? Now I'm really into fabrics and working with fabrics and I love uh, stitching and, and it has really become a meditative practice for me, just like folding paper and making books is. So I thought, how can I bring them together? So I thought, well, it would be interesting for me to look at 
the books I had made in that book in a day journey and see if I can translate those to fabric. So I had already had this thought before Kate reached out to me and then she reached out to me and it was almost like the universe was like, now that you have the idea, here's a place for you to try that out. <laughs> and so when Kate was like, I said, oh my God, I have the, the best idea for this. <laughs> I said, I, I'm trying to make these fabric books based on books that, I've, that I love making all the time anyway. So I made a little prototype to go, you know, I've told Kate that I'm going to do this. Can I really do this? <laughs> so I made a little prototype for myself and I am so in love with it. And I thought, oh my gosh. So I said, well, I better show, this is a little more advanced. So I said, I better give people something for the, inter, for the beginners, the intermediate, and then those that are ready to kind of, you know, dive in. Um, so the books that I'm making, I'm teaching three different fabric books and I'm using just raw canvas because I really want people to just use something simple that they have. I am a huge fan of making a prototype of anything that I do. I like to have little samples and prototypes that I can reference back to. So I call them prototypes. You can call them reference, you know, um, journals, whatever you want to call them. Mm. But I've done three different structures because in book binding, we call them structures. Um, and I started working on a fourth and I thought, Kate will kill me if I do another 30 minute anything. <laughs> no, no, I would love you for it. And I'm sure everybody else would too. <laughs> <laughs> I do it as a bonus. Maybe it'll be my little bonus book. But the three, um, the three little books that that I've made um, are all, all different structures, a very basic, simple one, just to kind of get you stitching on the fabric and thinking of your fabric as a book, instead of thinking of it as, it's gonna be a shirt, or I'm gonna do this as a patch on something, right? But getting yourself in the mindset of, if I made a book, what would I do with mm -hmm. it, right? If I made a book mm -hmm. out of fabric, what would that look like? The second one, um, I got a little, uh, you know, it's a little, it's more, it's more of an accordion. And so it has, and I did some fun jump jointing and I talk about that as well. Talk about, um, because in book art, we're, we're looking at function, form, materials. We're looking at everything and how are they speaking to each other? So I talk a little bit about that mm. in my, in my lesson as well. And then the, the more advanced one is just a, it, it looks fancy y'all, but it's, it's a, I walk you through it step-by-step. Um, and this one is going to be one where I just start mm -hmm. doing some little collage and I don't really show this in the, um, this part in the, in the workshop, but this is what I'm going to use this journal for is mm -hmm. to do some little collage, uh, fabric collages, right? So with some stitching on it, and I'm actually going to use this for some of the things that I learned in the retreat this, this time. Um, cause I imagine some of the teachers are going to be teaching things. I'm like, I'm going to put, and this will be my little reminder for the retreat of all the stitches that I learned or the different techniques and things that I learned. So I'm going to do that. That's wonderful. But one, go ahead. No, that's wonderful. I love that you're going to use your book for that, that purpose. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really proud of these little books because I think it's not, not because I think I've done anything that's like hyper unique or super unique or nobody else is making fabric books, but because I think if we can start simply, then we can build on that, right? So mm -hmm. these are simple, but I can build on this, right? I can take this um, and make another one using different materials, um, using different um, stitching, you know, trying different things, but just coming back to the basic and having that, I think is really important. Um, here's a little mini version of that same one where I just started 
putting in my favorite stitches that I like. That's so much fun. You know, and I have been so intimidated by trying to do words with the thread. I said, I'm going to push myself and do something, you know, and it's one, it's wonky. My back stitching isn't all that great, but I really, um, I think the more I do, the better I'm going to get at it. Right. And so I, I'm really just excited about this. Um, oh, I love that. Somebody says they want to use upholstery pieces. Yeah, I think that would be awesome. So yeah. just playing with my, my stitches. So however people decide to do with this, I hope that, um, I hope you just give it a try and, and let your imagination as a teacher, it's really important to me that I just open the door mm -hmm. for you and I mm. want to walk through and explore and figure out the direction you want to go once you've gone through the door. So I hope that these will be like little doorways for you to just walk through and see what they can be. Um, the, the really beautiful thing about this one, Kate, and then I, this is the last thing I'll say about it, is this one is kind of like a never-ending book. You never have to stop. Mm -hmm. Like you can add another mm -hmm. one and make another, right? You can just keep going until you have like yards and yards long of it right and I think that's a really neat thing because I haven't decided what I'm going to do with this one yet uh, but I think that knowing in my mind it could literally be a never-ending book I'm like hmm how can I play with that concept of the <laughs> book you know so, so yeah so that's, that's what cool. yeah, we've got people commenting saying it's like open the door oh my goodness and I'm thinking nev never-ending story <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm really excited about this, Kate. I think, um, I don't know, there's a slowing down that gets to happen when we sit down to mm. stitch things. Um, I think that's one of the reasons I fell in love with book art is because mm. it made me slow down. I'm kind of, I mean, if you can't tell, I'm talking fast. I'm a fast talker. I'm fa like, I move fast. I, I'm always doing things. Uh, that's just my energy mm. naturally. I'm not caffeinated right now. This is me. I'm doing <laughs> on life uh and i also value slowing down mm. but i need things to remind me to slow down mm. otherwise i'm going to, i'm like a little hummingbird doo -doo 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 -doo, like just you know all over um and book binding slow stitching fountain pens these are all things i intentionally have in my life to slow me down is that on purpose? Yes. So have you like consciously made the decision to do those things or you've naturally gravitated towards them because you realized you needed something to just yeah. send to yourself? And... Oh, that's so interesting. Um, no one's ever asked me the question in that way. Um, hmm, I think what I'll say is I naturally gravitated towards bookbinding and fountain pens for sure mm -hmm. and later realized that that's what they were doing. For mm -hmm. me. I don't think mm -hmm. I definitely did not, I, mean, I started collecting fountain pens at 17 years old, so I absolutely was not conscious of anything around slowing down. Um, and it probably wasn't until my 20s when I realized, oh, this is what shifts for me when I write with a fountain pen versus just pick, picking up a ballpoint that you can click and go, mm -hmm. right? But mm -hmm. the act of most fountain pens, you have to unscrew the cap, you have to right, give the ink a minute to start flowing. It, it requires you to slow down, you know? Mm. Um, and so that, those two things I will say for sure, I gravitated towards them out of curiosity um, and then later realized that they are things that require me to slow down. Yeah. The slow stitching, I went to intentionally looking for a way to slow down 
Um, I love to meditate, but I also can get very anxious when I meditate because it's, it's the act of just sitting there and having nothing in my hands, doing nothing. It makes me a little bit anxious. Right. And mm -hmm. I, and I think that it's the opposite of what it's intended mm -hmm. to do. Mm -hmm. But when I'm slow, stitching that's meditation for me when i am folding and creasing paper for books that's meditation for me it is my like my hands are moving but my mind instead of having a thousand ideas in a moment or a thousand thoughts it slows it down to maybe 400 it, which for me is like silence <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah it, so i would say definitely the um the slow stitching is something I've gravitated towards because I realized that it could provide that for me. So that was intentional. The other two were definitely just like, oh, wow, look at what these do for me. Yeah, yeah they're quite yeah. slow. Yeah. Well, they are. And um, Homeroom Shop is saying active meditation. And and that's that's so what it is because you, you are. You become aware of the materials in your fingers when you're talking about working with the... Um, fountain pen and I imagine too you would be attracted to the sound that the pen made on the paper as well because yes. it it feels different it's a totally different way of interacting with pen and paper yeah, it's yeah. absolutely a sensory experience mm -hmm. which is the same for me mm -hmm. for, for mm -hmm. um, book binding and stitching and I think mm -hmm. it's why I love linen because when I have linen in a hoop and it's really pulled taut and I'm stitching through it, that sound of the needle pulling the thread through the, like, I can't, I, I know other people out there. I know I'm not alone. I know other people out there <laughs> like sound, um, but it is, there's just something really magical. I imagine people who like the sound of like birds or being out in nature, hearing a babbling brook or things like that. It's mm. a sensory experience for me. And mm. so, so yeah, I think it's, it, um, I think it's also why I have become very picky about the paper that I write with when I'm using a fountain pen and very particular about the kind of paper I buy my books with and am slowly becoming very particular about the type of fabrics and um, threads that I use as well, right? I'm learning a lot from all of you who have been doing this for years. Um, like you did this beautiful post showing very close up the difference between Sasha Co thread, pearl cotton, and embroidery thread. And mm -hmm. I was just like, oh, this is so, like just seeing them up close like that was a little bit, it was kind of like an eye-opening moment mm -hmm. where I went, oh, and this explains why I like pearl cotton. Mm -hmm. Like I love pearl cotton and the way it sounds when it pulls through the thread. Like it's just this really, I don't know, it's really beautiful and magical. And, and you have to be, you have to be mindful mindful aware still enough silent enough to hear it you know you can't yes. be zipping through it you know you can't just zip through your your stitching you gotta you gotta really just listen so you can hear it so yeah yeah it's true and i think too you know you can't really fast stitch well maybe with the machine you can but if you fast stitch it kind of loses all the enjoyment, I think. Plus, you end up with a result that you don't like because it's rushed. <laughs> yeah. so it's kind of at odds with one another. Yeah. So it, it makes sense to slow down and, and enjoy the process. And I think, um, too, because there's so much tactility in our fingers, which if you think about some of the um, meditation postures and yoga postures where we're touching the different things, yeah. we're activating different um, centers within our body. So 
it kind of yeah helps helps us become centered and slow down and just appreciate the experience and, and being just being absolutely yeah. yeah i can't wait um for you to come to the, the artsy meetup as well kate if it's okay for me to name that yeah so for those of you that are listening watching this replay or whatever um, I do a monthly um, free creative meetup, no cost. Just come hang out, learn something new. Usually there's a guest teacher. Sometimes I'm teaching something, but most of the time I try to bring in um, other creatives who are doing good work because I want my community to know about all these other things that are out there. Um, and so last month we had Rachel Barclay, who is a Sasha Cove stitcher and teacher. And I thought she, so she did a very beginner's intro little bit of history about Sasha Co gave people a very um, foundational sort of conversation around it and then people stitched you know a few things in fact I brought my little pieces that we played with we just did <gasps> and Rachel taught it at Sacred Maker so she I took a class with her there so I just we just made some really basic stitches so I thought well let's have Kate come in and follow that up um, and take us one step you know one step further so I'm really excited. Kate will be coming in. And right now my brain just went bloop to the date, but it's the last 27th. It is the 27th. <laughs> and I'll drop, I will, we'll make sure y'all have all the details to, to get there and come and join us. You don't have, all you gotta do is get on the email list and you'll get all the details you need for that. But Kate's going to come and teach us some lovely stuff and yeah. walk us through an, another step of Sasha Co. So I don't know why, um, you know, I was thinking about this a lot, and I know we probably need to wrap up in a minute, but I, I want to just name this because I think it's something really powerful for the collective in this moment. Um, I'm noticing over the last five years or so that uh, intuitive stitching, meditative stitching, Sasha Ko, slow stitching, visible mending has really become more mainstream talked about and very visible mm -hmm. in the world in a way that it, I don't think it has been for a very long time. Mm. And I, I want to say that in 2020, when we had all the stuff, you know, with pandemic and, and quarantines and things like that, where it was really at its heightened moment, I think that people realized, I think internally, even if we didn't name it consciously, I think our, I think our souls and our systems just knew that we needed things to help us slow down. And a mm. surgence of slow stitching and handmade things. And like you were talking about the senses and, you know, working with our hands, I think all of that became more apparent to us during those moments when we're just, now you're at home, you're not going out in the world every day, doing all the things all the time. You are in your home with your own stuff, really sitting with it. And I think, I mean, if, we can say that there was a gift in all of that. I think that is probably one of the gifts of, yeah. of that time. And I'm really happy that I found the people I found doing this work because I'm not necessarily an anxious person, but I am a very high energy person, which can translate oftentimes into anxiousness if, mm. if it's not, you know, kind of controlled. Mm. I feel like having those of you that have been kind of doing this work come step to the forefront and bring it forward for people, teaching it, um, having communities like Sasha Co Club, like having places where people can come, gather, and do this. I, to me, this is how we, this is how we heal. Yeah. 
the stuff yeah. in the world, right? Yeah. It's like we all get quiet enough, still enough to find what brings us joy so we can ripple that out into the world. And this is something I say to my community all the time. They're probably out there going, yes, Kyla, we know, we know. <laughs> um, but I do think that we are all, when we are doing the thing that brings us joy, knitting, stitching, eco-dyeing, ceramics, uh, you know, stitch, uh, sketching, drawing, painting, dancing, singing, whatever your creative expressive thing is, I think that that's how we actually ripple out mm. goodness and joy yeah. and harmony in the world so y'all yeah. come to this retreat so we can ripple out good stuff into the world i love it yes let's create a big ripple of love yes, <laughs> yes please yes please we need it now more than ever you know we do yeah. Yeah. yeah both individually and collectively i think it's just um like you say it's it's so beneficial and i have always loved stitching and um I always thought of it as a guilty pleasure because I just love the ability to sit and stitch yeah. and having realized that it's got all these therapeutic benefits and oh so many good things about it it's I I can't I can't encourage people enough to to pick up a needle and thread so I love that you've yeah you're experimenting and exploring and and learning new techniques and discovering what fabrics you really love and I think you probably discovered the penultimate when it comes to linen because that's just magical to work with it's something special about it isn't yes. there with that there is uh, and I can't you know it's I'm going to say these two quick things and for those of you not in the U.S just you know love me anyway um there's a store in the u.s called bed bath and beyond that has been going out of business for the last i don't know six months or so um and we happen to have one in my city and i i didn't need anything but i thought on the off chance let's just go in there and see what they got everything's like 60 percent off and you know they're trying to liquidate and get rid of stuff and so i thought i'm just gonna walk in here and i'm just gonna walk around no intention to buy anything just gonna see if anything jumps out at me and they had these linen uh i think they were calling them flower sacks maybe um i don't even know what they were intended for but they were like four in a pack for like four dollars and they are huge in fact i'm just gonna grab one and show you <laughs> Well, I do know that they are an online store um, in North America because they're in Canada as well. So if people mm -hmm. are interested, you yeah. could probably find well, them. They're huge. Oh, I don't even think I can show you the whole thing. Oh, look how, how lovely. Yeah, and Beautiful. it's already, already got this very natural color. And so I, I, I bought all that they had in the store that day. Um, I'm just in love with it. So that's the first thing about linen is like, it can be expensive, right? But if you find it somewhere, look mm. for vintage things at thrift stores and places, like even taking old linen pants from somewhere and repurposing yes. um, is just yes. a beautiful fabric. I did a little research on it, came across the fact that um, linen as a fiber vibrates at the frequency of healing. Yes, yes right? Uh, linen, uh, cotton, wool and i want to say hemp yeah. is the other one i was going to say him mm -hmm. yeah and maybe, mm. maybe silk was on that list as well um but these natural fibers vibrate different th differently than say lycra or polyester or blend things mm. that have been blended together to make a synthetic sort of fat mm. right and mm. so i i'm like i feel like this is another like 
not towards the healing of things. <laughs> so, so anyway, I just want to tell y'all that, that that's, that's kind of why I'm so like in love with the linen is because I feel like it's as I'm working with it, as I'm sitting with it on my lap, as I'm like, it's vibrating at this mm -hmm. frequency that is somehow healing something. I don't, yeah. I'm just going to believe that it is. I can't explain it. I don't know why right? I just trust that if it's vibrating at a, a really high frequency, that it's somehow helping me, helping those around me, helping others. So, yeah, I can, um, I can totally vibe with that. Uh, I worked with a lot of hemp. I used to do screen printing. And so I would screen print on hemp fabric and hemp has the ability of absorbing toxins out of the environment and capturing it in the, the fabric structure. So that kind of correlates with what you're talking about. So I can totally see, see that that would make sense. Oh, I love that. Now I'm going to be on the lookout for some hemp too. <laughs> mm -hmm. Hemp's also very nice to work with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sure there's some people out in the chat who know way more about it than I do, but um, I'm just beginning that journey. Um, and, you know, I took a class with Jessica Marquez, who also taught at Sacred Makers, and she talked a lot about the fabric industry and the importance of us, like, paying attention and, and repurposing and recycling because the fabric industry, the textile industry, the fashion industry puts a lot of waste into the world. And mm. we don't think about it because it's unseen. We don't see it. It's not like riding past, um, you know, a dumpster where there's lots of garbage piled up. It's almost like that invisible trash that we that we aren't really aware of mm. and so she really opened my eyes to um just paying attention to even the things that i'm like oh forget these clothes i'm just gonna throw them out or but really starting to um yeah just trying trying to re recycle repurpose um so that we aren't adding to that because yeah there's already enough of that out there because it doesn't break down the same way as you know paper and plastic no. so exactly yeah it's um yes it's a that's a whole other topic we could definitely <laughs> do is, a deep dive of for sure it, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> it has been so lovely to reconnect with you i'm so thrilled that you're part of the making zen online retreat um your project is going to be one of the first ones on the monday which is super thrilling because it's going to set the scene for everyone who participates they'll be able to fill their fabric books yeah. with all the different things that are going to be learned and or taught over the the week so it's perfect um there's so much goodness in those videos i can't wait for everybody to sign up have a look go to kayala's um i'm guessing you have a, a link set up so people can sign up for the free yeah. ticket so pop over to kayala yeah. sorry kyla i realize i was it's okay. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <Fine>. <laughs> and sign up for your free ticket. And if you really want to um, hold on to these treasurable moments, you can also purchase a VIP ticket, which means you get the access to the videos for life, plus a whole lot of wonderful bonuses as well. Yeah. Listen, y'all, if you can, if it doesn't hurt your wallet at all, I really recommend the VIP pass because I've done the VIP pass just as a student. And because there's a lot of content and you can't consume it all in, you know, usually in one sitting. So you have to pick and choose and you don't want to do that. You want it all. Trust me. So I hope to see y'all um, over there. So thank you, Kate, so much for this. Um, and thank you for what you're doing in the world to help with people, you know, understand this better and do this work 
and have a space where we can all talk about it too. So thank you. You're most welcome. It's very magical and I'm delighted that you're part of it and you're sharing your magic with everyone as well. So it's, it's, um, I can't even put it into words. So I'm just going to say this. <laughs> Thank you so much. Likewise. All right. See you soon. Bye. Bye. -bye. <laughs>